welcome to Shaken and Disturbed, everybody. Everybody. <laughs> we are starting off so solid. Uh, this is Darren Carp here with John Thrasher. Thank mess. you for joining us on Shaken and Disturbed. John is a mess. I have a cold. John has dribbled all over her shirt. We're on video. I don't know if you knew we were on video, John. Yep, right there. There it is. There it is. We're I'm basically drunk. I've like, I'm like been blowing my nose. I've been doing this. John has the hiccups. I so now just like, got the hiccups and I'm like, what is going Literally hear that? Ta- I can't even get through this thought. Yeah. Toss it up to the podcast gods, people, because obviously <sighs> all of this was going to go down when we finally are announcing our big announcement. I know. What the hell? We have updated. Wee, wee, wee. This is part of our like soundboard that yeah. I went out. Patreon, we've updated our Patreon perks and they are better Yay. than ever. Now, we had previously done live streams every <clears throat> few months. Now you can join us every single week while we're recording the episode which is super fun this is called vip live recordings and they're available for both the radish and sussy radish tears we'll shout you out during the recording we're gonna take questions run fun and hilarious polls we always have that john's gonna promise to only get the hiccups every other record (laughs) so annoying and essentially, you get to be part of the show, which is what we kind of always wanted. Our first episode with invited patrons will be very soon. So sign up now for that. Uh, we're going to be reminding you on social media, but start yeah. signing up now. We want people to sign up before we actually launch this. So please sign up and we'll announce uh, and share when the first session is going to be. But we're really excited. We're so excited. I just can't wait to have people in our live streams. And by the way, your hiccups can't wait either. I mean, they're ready. They're They're ready ready to to jump right out of my mouth here. Yeah, exactly. Um, to have some of you guys in our live recording is just going to be so fun. I can't believe this is happening while we're recording. I, I, there's like literally no better thing that could have happened to us. Great. This is so us. Yeah. So us, you guys. Oh my God. By the way, Darren, you should be yelling at me about getting the hiccup straw. Remember? Yes. Uh, Uh, I wanted to share. I wanted to share you. I want to share. Yes. There was a shark tank idea years ago i think it was years ago but a hiccup straw because of like your the flap on the esophagus it basically is off kilter that's why you get yeah babe your flap excuse me don't talk about Uh, that's why that's why you get um hiccups and i was like john get this straw because it teaches you to like swallow water at a pace that your whatever goes into a normal pace anyway john was like yeah get it and of course he didn't i never did and now i need it really badly oops thank you anyway i'm really excited yeah, thank you. We're really excited about that Patreon, that Patreon perk. Um, another, I, I'm trying to be as much as I can. Um, we're also really excited because on Patreon, we're going to be releasing the audio and the video versions of our sun of our Sunday wow. episode two weeks or I'm sorry, two days early. I'm a mess. We're fat. Yeah, we're we're yeah. drunk. Two days early, so you get to start your weekends with us every single Friday, and you'll get to know what everyone is listening to before any anyone else and you'll even get to see us earlier than anyone else um that's exclusively for patreon um for uh radish and such and so you're gonna get to see the hiccups like as they're happening this is not just a pre-record in fact last week john you had a what that hair day and you wore a hat and i got i was lucky enough to see the that's Johnny right. Bravo Conan O'Brienness of it all. So that's right, but but not everybody did. That's a perk in and of itself. These hiccups are a perk. Those um, are a perk. You know, will I be wearing that? Oh my god, that one was really bad. Will I be wearing a hat, or will Darren be drinking Diet Coke? You'll know well, first. But what, what are you drinking t- today? Celsius. Well, all of this plus plus lots of other stuff. Go check out 
which tier is best for you at patreon.com slash shaken and disturbed or click the link in our show notes that we always have. Uh, but again, that's patreon.com slash shaken and disturbed to sign up. And now the second announcement, which has been kept under. Well, well, there you go. Well, Darren has a special. Oh, let me do a couple of these. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Do a couple of that. That's right. Um, the big announcement, this the second announcement that we've been working on that includes hiccups is we are so excited to announce drum roll, please, Darren. Okay, Darren's got something going on there. Yep. We have finally launched our official YouTube channel. Yeah. That's right. You can go and subscribe right now. YouTube.com slash at Shaken and Disturbed. I'm doing it right now as we speak, John. That's right. You better have already done it, actually. How dare you? I know um, you're right. Please do go and subscribe. And you're prob probably wondering what videos are over there on our YouTube page. Well, guess what? The full episodes of our <laughs> Sunday episodes are up on YouTube, um, starting with episode 144 and all of the ones that have come after that. Um, full recording of our podcast are available now. They're there now as I try to get through this. Um, this is really like we so waited exciting. to go what? And the best part of this is we recorded it for like 45 minutes before this. Not one motherfucking hiccup. Not, that's not a the single best. hiccup. I don't know that's, where this even came from. That's the best part. We're going to be even doing more fun content on YouTube too. So it won't just be full episodes. Maybe a roast right. of John, if you will. We really Something. could use your support by hitting that subscribe button. We really need you to subscribe. It just takes one second to hit that subscribe button. We're putting a lot of effort into our videos this year and hitting right. that subscribe button just would mean a lot to us. It would really, really mean a lot. So send us a screenshot of your subscribe button, DM us on Patreon, DM us on Instagram, show us on Facebook, and we'll shout you out on a future episode too. So just yes. DM us a cool screen grab of you subscribing because we really want a lot of subscribers. Please. Absolutely. So lots of Patreon perks was announcement number one. Announcement number two is our YouTube channel. Um, please share our videos and our podcasts wherever, wherever you can. We really rely on you guys to keep the show going. Um, the YouTube channel will be another way for us to keep the show going. Essentially, essentially the more radishes that we can grow from the garden, the better. Um, and like I said, you guys make this show happen. So thank you so, are, so much. We are a garden. We are a garden of radishes, whether we, we like are it or not. Really, we really are a garden. And I feel bad because your hiccups, because I know that they tend to hurt. <laughs> Like they hiccups really eventually hurt, hurt after that. a yeah. while though. Like sometimes it's like, it's annoying because it doesn't yeah. feel good. It's not like a no, sneeze that great. like, no. okay, at least I can like relieve myself. Yeah. Um, but it does, if you isolate the audio of your hiccup, it does kind of sound like my oop. Oh, it does? Ooh. Yeah, a little bit. Oh, like, it does. Oop. I just realized that <laughs> yes. as I, as I play so, yours. Every time you have a hiccup, just do my oop button. I'm going to probably. <laughs> if it's... you can time it. Um, but yeah. yes, guys, just exciting stuff happening here. We're really yes. excited to launch this. We have more exciting things in the works for later this year. But yes. again, exciting is the key term. And it's just an exciting time to be a listener or now viewer of the show. And That's you get right. to see us every single week. So come on over to YouTube and hit subscribe. So I'm just excited about this announcement. You guys yes. seeing us every single week. John, like, guys, I, I don't want to make the disclaimer that John every week will have hiccups. I that think is they like, might have oh, that's just like, passed, thankfully. Okay, good. Because I feel like the <sighs> listeners are really going to want to see that. Yeah, And I they want to see you suffer. So, like, I yeah. can't promise that you're always going to be able to bring that. But I promise that John will always disappoint <laughs> us in some way. In some way. And Listen, then we will point it out and make sure that he's just like, 
I can he feels always, bad about it. I can always sprinkle some water on me and make it look like I dribbled all over my whole face and, and shirt. That's always but, a I mean, an available it option. Did, it did dry. It did dry, it did, to be that's fair. True. Like the, dribb- the dribble, has, the dribble okay. has dried. Uh, all right. Well, let's get into this week's case because it's probably one that most people haven't heard of. And it's a little bit of a shorter case, but we wanted to bring it to your attention yeah. anyway. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and it's rather temporary because it's in like, Starts in the 80s. That's right. In 1982, 30-year-old Jesse Perrin lived with his 22-year-old wife, Teresa, with their three children in Newport News, Virginia. Now, I looked this up. Okay? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, before we Newport reported. News sounds like not Random. a town. Random, yeah. It's like truth and consequences, Arizona, where it is. So Newport News is an independent city in the Commonwealth of Virginia. Okay. As of 2020, it is, uh, the population's over 180,000. It is the fifth most populous city in Virginia and the 140th most populous city in the United States, which doesn't feel that bad. That feels like up there to me. I mean, that's a pretty big city. I'm from Appalachia as are well, not you, Darren, but you know, this, this side of the country. And I've never heard of Newport news. I don't know why, but okay. No, like I wouldn't assume that that's the town, but okay. So Jesse worked as a welder at the nearby Newport news shipyard and lived within walking distance of the Naval base. In the small hours of September 14th, an intruder entered the parent home while the family slept. Teresa woke up to a loud noise and Ugh. was immediately met with the sight of the intruder hitting Jesse repeatedly with a crowbar, which seems Bloody, I feel like one knock with disturbing. a crowbar. Yeah. yeah, like what a way. Now, the attacker pulled Teresa out of her bed. When she was on the floor, he pinned her legs down with his own and continued bludgeoning Jesse until he lost consciousness. Mm. Now, here's what's interesting. The attacker then spoke to Teresa, telling her that he had no intention of killing her husband, but only wanted to knock him out. And I feel like if that were the case, oh. why not, like, and I get crowbars, like, cheap, and probably everyone has one, but, like, why not, like, chloroform him or something, or, like, just make him pass out or, like, drug him? Right. Hitting someone with a crowbar, why do you repeatedly need to hit someone with a crowbar? I feel like once, and they're probably knocked out. You hit him square in the head? Wouldn't pr- that knock you the- out? Yeah, and beyond knocked out, you're probably very seriously injured on your way to death with a crowbar to the head. I, I yeah, mean, that's that's what one, I don't get. Yeah, one of the things I feel like we've talked about a lot in the show is that killers and attempted killers are usually the dumbest people in the show and the episode. You know what I mean? This might be one of those cases. This might be. This might be that. Okay. Well, then he then advised her that unless she did as he said, he'd get quote unquote her three silk sleep. Her three sleeping children next, which that's terrifying. I think anyone I mean, would do anything to protect their kids. So it's not like you can really fight back, especially when you have children there. Like you really have to succumb and do what they say because the risk would be way too great. I have to be honest. When we were when we were discussing this a little bit before we started recording, and when I was kind of skimming through the notes prior to recording. I saw these details and I just kind of pictured myself in a way because my mom was a single mother of three and the idea of her having to defend herself, you know, um, in a situation like this or the kids get it. I mean, it's just, it just gives me, it literally just gave me chills. Like it's just so upsetting and horrible. This actually happened to a a housewife on Bravo, Doreen. She got robbed. um, Beverly Hills housewife. She got robbed. Um, and her kids were in the house and they, oh you know, God. put her at gunpoint and, you know, wow. stole shit. And, you know, I think obviously all she's thinking about is her kids. 
Yeah, and so making you just, sure no one dies. Yeah, so just a scary situation. Even yeah. if you didn't have kids, it's scary. But yeah, for sure. The intruder then undressed Teresa and mm. repeatedly raped, sodomized her. Throughout her entire ordeal, Teresa was able to hear Jesse's dying moans and gasps for breath. Uh, I hate that. can't. I hate that. Uh, How annoying. Yeah, no, it's it's terrible. Now, during the attack, the assailant bit Teresa's leg so hard (sighs) that he he left numerous bite marks, which feels cannibalistic to me. I mean, like, biting a leg feels odd. You don't hear about a lot of attempted killers biting too often, especially not many times in legs. Well, yeah, because doesn't it leave, like, could leave DNA or something. Well, again, a dumbass is a monster. Yeah, us. well, here's what's even worse. When he was finished with everything, the man took $14 in cash from Teresa's purse and fled. So uh, to me, that's not so much about a robbery. It's more so about either revenge or yeah, some something sort of else, sexual predatory thing. Something else is definitely going on here. And we'll get, we'll get to all those details, but you do have to wonder how he got in and what the circumstances were there as well. Well, by the time Teresa was able to safely call for help, Jesse had succumbed to his wounds. He was dead before help could even arrive. Once she received medical treatment of her own, Teresa did all she could to help police find the assailant who had killed her husband. Part of this process involved working with a sketch artist and giving detectives a timeline of the days leading up to her attack. Speaking of sketch artists, with all the different AI tools that we have now, I wonder if sketch artistry is going to go away, if we can describe things and it'll create a an AI composite of what the person could look like. They I would think it would probably, I, I, they must, because I would feel like you would give a better. Yeah. I think it would be better than like a sketch artist of some sort. I mean, yeah. even just like typing something into chat GPT will give you. That's what I mean. Yeah. A way, you know, a way more detailed description. So in a way, like I do hope that not necessarily for people who lose their jobs, but just in the sense of like, yeah, let's get more accurate with it. Yeah, for sure. Well, part of this process involved, um, like I said, working with that sketch artist. Um, Although she wasn't able to be very detailed, Teresa told the sketch artist that her attacker's approximate height, excuse me, told the sketch artist her attacker's approximate height and build, noting that he was wearing what appeared to be a sailor's uniform with a logo that looked like three nested V-shapes. That's interesting. This is something military esque. Yeah. I wanted to say to you that I was reading a book. Um, I mentioned actually this author before, Mary Roach. I was reading the book about like what happens yes. uh, to your body, like what happens to your body when you die. Yeah. Her, her other book that I'm reading, which was called uh, Six Feet Over, was kind of like um, tackling the afterlife and what happens. But mm-hmm. in these, in this book, they were talking about studies that, and I'm blanking on the percentages and I should have written it down, but essentially, like when you were being attacked, like let's say you're being held up at gunpoint. Most people can remember the gun way more than they can ever recognize the person. That makes sense. So they tend to recognize the instrument that they're using as opposed to the person. So just a good sort of note, hopefully this never happens to you, but to give as many details as possible, a tattoo, a symbol or something, because obviously you're so focused on the barrel of the gun. You're not focused on like, you know, I can't even name what you wore last week. I couldn't, you know, so it's just interesting what the things that we remember. Yeah, and you know, it's so funny, all those years that we've done CrimeCon and just talked to people at our live shows and things like that, you know, the conversation about why we listen to true crime podcasts and watch true crime television, a lot of times people are like, it's so I know what to do if I'm ever in that situation. And I'm or like, or at least, yeah, wow. give yourself a better chance. Chance, yeah. yeah, totally. I mean, you know, I don't know. I'm just thinking about Dirty John when we heard uh, Tara's description of like 
how she went around, you know, she watched the walking dead, I think was her reference on how to kill somebody. So um, it's interesting how media persuades people like that. Well, uh, I think about way, the movie positively. I think about the movie taken a lot where he's like, oh, yeah, 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 he's yeah. like, you're going to get taken. Right. Start yelling out any detail you see tattoos, moles, height, oh, hair yeah, color. Yeah. And I always think of that just, I mean, it's a good movie. It's terrifying. And the no, likelihood yeah. of that happening is very, very slim, but I do think it's actually a really good lesson. Yeah, for sure. You know? Well, so Teresa told police that day that the day before her attack, she'd taken her kids to the pool. And as she was heading home towards the end of the day, she happened to drive by a hitchhiker who yelled and swore at her. Hmm. Like her attacker, the hitchhiker had been dressed in a Navy uniform. Later that day, around six in the evening, Teresa thought she saw a man spying on her through the backyard fence, although she admitted she couldn't tell exactly what the man was doing, nor even if it was the same man from the pool. That is That's, so I remember they, they live next to the naval base. You know, they That's live right, right by the naval nearby. base. So it would be kind of hard. People in uniform, I mean, it's really hard to kind of tell them apart. So right. this does make sense. But at least she could give that detail. Yeah, and I'm just like imagining like looking out and seeing a fence and like seeing a guy kind of be creepy over there. I'm like, what the yeah. hell is going on here? Now, she did tell investigators that she heard her attacker speak and that his voice sounded extremely similar to the hitchhiker from earlier that day. With a distinctive naval uniform as their blue as their best clue, not blue's clue, just so we're clear. Uh, police paid a visit to the shipyard where a security guard named Donald Wade told them about a sailor he'd seen entering the gate at around 2.30 a.m. on September 14th. The sailor had what appeared to be blood spatter on his uniform. Can we see where this is going, you guys? Okay. Right. Now, unfortunately, though, Donald wasn't able to remember much about the sailor and agreed to undergo hypnosis because they used to do this all the time. In the hopes of recalling more details. By the way, Magic is uh, meowing and being annoying behind me, if you can hear him. That's impossible. <laughs> just, just, just so you know. Yeah. Scientifically, that's impossible. Where do you stand but, on hypnosis, by the way? Um, For this I don't, purpose. I don't really stand on it in the court of law, just because I don't. And I could be wrong about that. Like, It'd be interesting to talk to a lawyer and how that those things sort of get adjudicated in court. Like, because if you're a lawyer, obviously you want to bring anything to the table. I definitely think it has some merit in terms of it's not, I don't think it's all hocus pocus. Like I think there are benefits that people can, people do repress memories. I think there is a way to bring it out. I certainly think that, but I think in terms of like evidence, it's kind of like eyewitness testimony and that can be really bad. And, and things can really influence it, you know? And it's like, didn't you see the man in the yellow jacket? You didn't see the man in the yellow jacket, the tall man in the yellow jacket. Suddenly you're, if like, you're oh, being yeah, forced, guy. you're like, oh yeah, the man in the yellow jacket, where it's like, you had absolutely no image of that. Like, I do think that you right. could be manipulated and kind of coerced into having that. Yeah. But I also think there are pure memories. So like, I'm not sold on it. It would have to just be evidence in court that would have to absolutely be supported by a million other things. I, I would never... As a juror, I wouldn't just rely on that to decide a case. Me That's either. No, that makes sense. Me either. And I will also add um, polygraph tests to that list. I mean, they're just not right. reliable, especially in a murder case where you don't want to get any part of this even remotely wrong. I mean, you don't exactly. in any case, but well, like, in a how do you prove case, that? Yeah, right. totally. So parts of Donald's story changed after the hypnosis hmm. session. He now believed he'd seen the sailor at around 5 a.m. instead of 2.30, which is a pretty big discrepancy. That is, and, yeah. 
this was more consistent with the timeline of the attack. Oh, interesting. Okay, but we don't know if he knew that information mm, going that's in, what I mean, you know? Yeah. So police also hypnotized Teresa, <laughs> and after the session, she provided another specific detail. Her attacker's uniform had three upside down Vs on his uniform sleeve. We've seen that before. I've seen it. Um, yep. It kind of looks like epaulets, but it kind of also looks like epithets, uh, ep- yeah. ep- ep- in the uh, like in the boating industry. But yeah. you know they're kind of they're kind of backwards. So oh, somebody's Post- girlfriend is a below deck uh, producer. Hmm. Your girlfriend's that interesting. <laughs> no post post hypnosis. She also admitted to police that she quote unquote associated the hitchhiker from earlier in the day. With her attacker, they did not necessarily sound the same. And this is my point about eyewitness testimony. Yeah. Really fucking up cases, you know, because well, like, you know, people are always like, if you ask me a question, I'll be like, oh, yeah, like, maybe I know that person. Like, yes. Like, so much of that is our lives and conversations, let alone to be evidence for a case just doesn't seem open and shut. You know, I agree. And, you know, the fact that she was saying that, oh, yeah, the attacker sounded just like the hitchhiker. It's like if you're driving by a hitchhiker, are you really able to determine that conclusively if you're just driving by? I mean, again, I you, she's been traumatized. Obviously, things are right, horrible. Right. Well, I, I'm not sodomized. To, like, yeah. Like, I don't want to take away from that. But, you know, so whenever that we were going through that research, I was like, oh, I'm going to make a little note of that information, you know. Well, investigators then brought sniffer dogs into the Peron home. Now, the dogs led police from the house through the shipyard gate and right to a ship called the Carl Vincent, which contained a crew of over 1,300 sailors. This Mm. is where detectives began their search for possible suspects. Over the course of four months, police took the dental impressions of hundreds of crew members before the ship set sail in December. Now, remember, her attacker bit her several times on the leg. Again, I don't really know how great dental... Uh, samples are in terms of like comparing teeth marks either i feel like that i kind feel of like debunked thing but. yeah i was gonna say i feel like we've talked about this on the show and i want to say with some expert at some point in our careers darren my god we've been doing this for so long now i can't even keep it all straight but i want to say people were debunking that you know trying to match dental records to bite marks almost is never reliable Right. Dental records are important for identification of a person, but not necessarily comparing bite Bite marks. marks, I feel like that doesn't really work. Now, one of the many, many crew members ruled out was 26-year-old Keith Harward, who had provided a sample of his bite marks. Now, these had been examined, ruled out by a dental expert with the medical examiner. By the time the ship left port in December of 1982, police didn't have any suspects. And a few months later, in March of 1983, Keith was discharged from the Navy. Around this time, he was also accused of assaulting his girlfriend during a fight. She claimed that he'd bitten her during the assault. Now we're getting somewhere potentially, right? Well, now it's a little bit of like my ears are perked, but this doesn't mean anything. A lot of people bite, although like that seems crazy. It does, but also that the the dog did sort of trigger to this specific ship. I mean, you know, listen, the evidence is mounting. No one's guilty yet, but okay. Right. When police were made aware of the allegations against Keith, they asked that he submit another dental cast for examination. Keith did so, which is a good sign, I think, if they're willing yeah, to do that. cooperating, yeah. This time, the dental cast was sent to Dr. Lowell Levine, a world-renowned specialist in forensic bite mark analyst, who has worked on extremely high-profile cases, including the trials of Ted Bundy, Joseph Mengele, and the investigation into JFK's assassination. So we're talking big PR cases. I mean, this guy... 
for what it's worth has to be le- or fingers crossed you'd hope he'd be legitimate if he's working on these huge cases well legitimate and, enough for what was this the 80s you know what i mean anything right, kind right, of, of was going still at this point of, in, in time well, after analyzing the cast, Levine found that Keith's bite marks matched those left on Teresa's legs during her attack. Police then brought a photo lineup to the security guard, Donald Wade, who picked Keith out as the blood-spattered sailor he'd seen on the morning of September 14th. Mm. Now, the fact that this was done, I just want to note that he that after he'd been placed yes. under hypnosis is super relevant. They should have done this beforehand. You know, forensic hypnosis is now known to be highly unreliable yeah. at best. So the fact that this happened afterwards is is just not a good thing, I think, because he is predisposed to the correct information and you want him to be tabula rasa, blank slate, just sure. from what he can kind of recall. So that's really important to note here. Yeah, and I think, you know, yeah, D- Darren put it up perfectly. But I think the fact that he's also cooperating so much, you know, I don't know. I th- let's see what happens here. But on yeah. May 16th, Keith was arrested and charged with murder, which is, of course, a capital offense in Virginia, uh, charged with rape, robbery, and burglary as well. Now, Keith's trial began in October, at which time Dr. Levine was presented as uh, as a bite mark expert. He told the jury his findings that the defendant was likely the person who made the impressions on Teresa's flesh on the evening of her attack. A second forensic dental expert, Alvin Kagi, was also brought in to testify, and he too claimed that the bite marks matched. Now, Donald Wade was also brought in to to confirm that Keith was the blood-spattered sailor that he'd seen around 5 a.m. the morning of the attack. Teresa, however, was unable to identify Keith as her attacker in court. Mm. The The prosecution failed to disclose to the jury that Donald and Teresa had undergone hypnosis to enhance their recollection. Which is sus because if you're gonna if you're the prosecution and you're failing to disclose to the jury basic things, that says that that's not a reliable thing to me. You know, like that's not something trustworthy, and and you need to give your. Otherwise, if the the prosecution has the hard you know has kind of a hard job because they have to prove guilt, right? So you want to throw everything that you possibly can. Otherwise, there's going to be a mistrial, and that person's going to go away scot free. If you know, which yeah. presumably could be a good thing, but it also could be a bad thing. So the fact that the prosecution isn't doing this is a huge red flag to me. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The jury um, eventually, though, found Keith guilty of all charges, largely due to Dr. Levine's testimony and Donald's identification. Now, remember, Teresa wasn't able to identify him. Wouldn't that be which the was, most? Yes, but I sort of like, again, I sort of understand if she's being raped, sodomized, like, oh, of course, yes. you know, Definitely. what this kind of entails. Maybe she wouldn't have the best judgment. Yeah, no, yeah. I definitely agree. Um, yeah, totally agree. I guess I was just saying based on what other stuff she was able to. to right, exactly. She, she, she saw the uniform, but that's right, about it. To whatever it was. Yeah. Well, Keith was spared the death penalty, but sentenced to life in prison. The defense appealed Keith's conviction and was granted a new trial, which began in March of 1986. Darren, you were almost I was almost so ready. Almost ready. I was almost cooking. You, you were, were two months. You were a little baby. Yeah, kid, yeah that's right. Yeah. Wait yeah. a minute. 86. Were you were born, born in. You were born. Yeah, but you were born in 87. 88, motherfucker. Oh, I God. swear to God. Oh, my God. Are I we even friends? <laughs> Guys, I on video. I thought, okay, for a long time, I thought you were way younger than I was. Then I thought you were around 
you were the same age or same I mean, year. We are basically the same age. No, I age, know, but I didn't know. get the exact year right. Give me a break. Yeah. Anyway. Oh Lord. Never, never. Uh, anyway, I'm all over the place today. But anyway, once again, Dr. Levine provided testimony that there was a quote, very, 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 very high degree of probability that his teeth were the ones that maimed Teresa, further com- uh, commenting that it was, quote, a practical impossibility that someone else would have all these characteristics, end quote. But remember, the characteristics he's just, he's saying aren't are bite marks like we anyway right i yeah i agree in fact all uh throughout the entire legal process six different forensic bite mark analysts were consulted all of which advised that keith's were a match to those left on Teresa. well yeah if you're all learning the same science that's you know you're gonna typically agree on this type of stuff there could have been motivation to want to find this guy guilty that's what i i've had that in my head too i'm glad you know the implicit or subconscious bias that are also playing into this so 100 percent this time, uh, Keith chose to testify as part of his defense, providing evidence to show the jury that at the time Teresa saw the man who may have been watching her through the, her backyard, he was actually at a class at the naval base, which doesn't mean he didn't kill her or rape her, but he certainly wasn't that guy who was looking through the thing. Yeah, it's pretty solid alibi for that. Keith had been caught with marijuana, Mary Jane, on the ship and had been required to uh, take an alcohol and drug abuse training program. Look how in different 80s, we are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, my God, nowadays. Like, are you kidding? Too, now, most states are legalized already. Yes. And people are actually understanding the benefits of mushrooms and MDMA, yeah, that's right. MDMA as, as, a, as a helpful form uh, to help PTSD. So we've come a long way in that. And I, and I give the country credit. Now, Keith also showed the jury that his uniform didn't contain any upside down. Oh, right. Yeah. Those were only worn by higher-ranking petty officers. Mm. He has had an insignia of three slashes instead. Okay. Now, and and that's really distinctive. Like it's For not sure. like okay, three marks. It's like three upside down. Would that's like you know that? Detail. Yeah, you're that's, you're definitely aware of what's happening with that. Lastly, he demonstrated to the jury that at the time of the attack, he had worn a mustache. While Teresa and Donald had both stated that the man they'd seen was clean shaven. Oh well, come on now. Yeah, you would know, trust me. You would know a mustache. <laughs> I would know a mustache. Right? I would point a mustache for sure. Absolutely. Now, in spite of all of this, the jury found Keith guilty a second time on the charges mm. of murder, rape, and burglary, and he was sentenced to life in prison. Now, he served 29 years of his sentence before his case was picked up by the Innocence Project uh, in 2015, which is what I thought this was going to go to. Their -hmm. first order of business was to conduct DNA testing on the blood and semen found at the crime scene. The testing completely excluded Keith, having provided the collected DNA, which... Good old Innocence Project. That's what they do. That's what they do. Because remember, this happened in the 80s where DNA couldn't really be um, determined and tested. It was just starting to become a thing, yeah. Yeah. Well, the Innocence Project also found that the crime lab that had originally analyzed the evidence had given false testimony Ah. stating that Keith could not be conclusively, conclusively eliminated as having provided the DNA found at the scene. The notes taken during testing provided enough data to exclude Keith but were not disclosed as evidence to the defense at either trial, which is just which, an injustice beyond anything. What? Yeah. I mean, you know, we call it the injustice system and I do agree. Sometimes this is the best we have. Like for now, this is the best we got to kind of happen, but it's a problem when, when courts are incentivized to close cases. Yeah, exactly. Not to get the truth, the truth, right. You know, that's, I think a problem. 
Yeah. And that lies at the heart of a lot of this shit. Well, the DNA matched a man named Jerry Crotty, another Obviously. sailor who was also worked who also worked on the Carl Vinson, the same ship where Keith worked at the time of the attack. Jerry had been in prison for numerous other crimes, including abduction, and had died in a jail at uh, died in jail, excuse me, a decade earlier in 2006. The Innocence Project petitioned the court for Keith's release on the grounds that he was conclusively innocent. And on April 7th, 2016, the charges against him were dismissed. Keith spent a total of 33 years in prison wow. before he finally regained his freedom. In 2017, Keith received a settlement, I think I'm remembering this case actually, yep. of $1.6 million from the state of Virginia. I am remembering this. Actually, 33 now. years for $1.6 million. No, granted, yep. this comes from the taxpayer, and I don't necessarily think it's the taxpayer's responsibility to cover the mistakes of just frankly negligence as far as i'm concerned court negligence but i understand why it probably has to be us but it's just it's really unfortunate all around that's yeah. why they don't care because they aren't personally responsible They'll yeah that's true the they're not held accountable they, they, no. they don't care it's not coming out of their paycheck i feel like if ours. you're a prosecutor and you're not getting this right to this extent you should be prosecuted well, part of part of me, I mean, this is why I don't believe in qualified immunity. Part of me also agrees with like, and we're so litigious in this country to sue. Mm -hmm. And if it if we changed it to loser pays, <laughs> right. people would be less inclined yeah. to fucking sue for every goddamn little thing. Right. But instead, right. we're just going to tie you up in court cases. We're just going to make you spend your money, even if I don't think you have a case. Like it's just going to cost you money, 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 <laughs> as opposed to being like, no, you have to pay for my bills if you if I've proven, right. you know, like yeah, I agree. Fuck you a little bit. And in this situation, you know, I, I just, it's just so disgusting that people can just be like, oh, sorry that that happened and move on. Well, according to the Innocence Project, Keith is at least the 25th person to be wrongfully indicted or convicted based on forensic bite mark evidence. Despite its prevalence in court over the last several decades, we now know that there is no scientific evidence that is that an individual can be identified through specific bite mark comparisons, which we were talking about at the top of the show. Um, especially to the exclusion of all others. This information was publicized by the National Academy of Sciences report back in 2009. Although the bite mark forensics, as well as other junk science practices like hypnosis and lie detector tests, continue to be largely viewed as reliable by the layman public. The American Board of Forensic Odontology uh, has even changed its guidelines. I'm not a science person, guys. Okay. Sometimes those like medical terms really they're tough. Me, you know, I'm like yeah. cardiologist. Like I'm like oh, I'm like cardiologist. Like it takes me a minute to be yeah. like what? Yeah. So I'm going to say it again, like I know it. The American yeah. Board of Forensic Odontology has even changed its guidelines to note that analysis can and should only be used as a guideline when examining uh, evidence. Right. 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 States are slowly enacting their own uh, moratoriums Moratorium. on forensic yeah. bite mark analysis in legal proceedings in the hopes of eliminating incorrect jury findings. Yeah, let's make sure we get that together. You which guys. is which is why the Innocence Project has to say that he's yes. at least the 25th person, because I'm sure that there's countless others and they think right. of the backlog of people that they probably have to, oh, you yeah. know, even posthumously like declare uh, yeah. innocent of this. He's in prison for decades i just like and if you look online at the instance project the man looks so sweet yeah i so remember sweet. this i remember this so, it's so thank tragic, god for the innocence tragic. project with things like this that's why i love doing these little cases just so you guys really are aware of 
the types of work that they're doing and the types of cases that they're taking yeah. on. They don't take on cases unless there is good evidence to show that this person should yeah. not be in jail, which is why we're actually going to have a lawyer come on in a future episode to talk yeah. about why the Innocence Project is taking on Scott Peterson, because a yeah. lot of you talked about that. And we briefly discussed it, but I want to talk to a lawyer about what would be. So if you guys heard of this case, let us know. Obviously, at Carpe Darren, at Jay Thrasher on Patreon, let us know. And Facebook, uh, Shaken and Disturbed Podcast fans. And hell, why not go over to our YouTube channel and comment on there as well? Because we're I think over you there. should. And I, and I think you should subscribe. And I think you should there write you comments. Good comments, please. There YouTube you comments tend to be so neg. I just can't. I know that's true. But I think no people, neg. I think our fans will be over there. Yeah, they're um, the nicest. Let's get to listener shout outs. We love them. Yes, let's do that. We actually asked you guys last week or maybe even the week before what you thought that we were teasing in these weeks re- leading up to up to this announcement. Philip on Facebook said, John and Darren monthly visits. Philip. Ooh. Philip. That's not listen, we will we will show up to your house, but you definitely are gonna have to pay us quite a lot of money to be Apparently traveling if around. we get if we get the vision pro like John reviewed <laughs> last week, we can all just be living in our little virtual world listen, together. In all honesty, one of the coolest things about VR is like I want to do is something that? like that right. with is our that? podcast. Yes. So totally. we will be, I would love to be like an early adopter of that technology. Nonetheless, uh Mel on Facebook says, quote, a different new podcast session each week. Uh, specifically geared towards watching, reviewing true crime documentaries, such as the one about Natalia Grace. Not a bad idea. I mean, we typically just roll those right into our main feed because we love talking to you guys about them. But you guys were you guys were on to something. Darren, you had a couple here too from Patreon. Yeah, no, by the way, that's not a bad idea because we love it. But I just feel like we just continue it. If you guys have more stories and, and case suggestions and documentaries you want us to watch, Great. we are down. I'll at least watch them. We're not sure about John. Yeah, Darren Kristen, definitely will. Chris on Patreon said, some sort of group chat board? In a not, sense. Not incorrect, Krista. Comment Paul on section. Pa- <laughs> Paul on Patreon said, squeak. Can't wait for the announcement. I vote for more Magic Cam. This is something, now we're something I'm not not into, John. By the way, I do want to just say, Darren, your audio cut out a second ago because you, your squeal was so high-pitched. Oh, let me do it again. it didn't pick through. Yeah, it still didn't work. It's still too high. We're going to work on that. Squee. We're gonna... Squee. Squee. There you go. There you go. Squee. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, Magic Cam. We did that in a live stream once. We can maybe make that happen. We can make that work in a YouTube video sometime it's down like, the road. You know how you can go into a channel like look at a zoo or something and you see what like the baby otters yes. are doing or the baby pandas? Yeah. He's there not, not a panda. Something not like not that. Panda. All right. Something like that. Well, once again, please go and subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can go to youtube.com slash at shaken and disturbed. You have to put that little at at sign. Yeah. Yes. Put that ad in there. For that to work. Or you can just search. 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 Oh, we're just searching up in here. This is not a good day. My brain is not working. Have you ever been on a search and rescue team? (laughs) Have you searched for us on YouTube? Anyway, (laughs) search for us. Or you can simply click the link. In this week's show notes, please hurry and get us to the end of this. While you're suiting, join us every (laughs) suiting single week live as we record these episodes by being a radish or a sussy radish on Patreon. That's That's patreon.com slash shaken and disturbed. That's also in our show notes. And I'm changing my sign off to have you suited for mushrooms? That's my sign off this week, Darren. What's I'm going to do mine saying, have you suited your pits? Especially if you have a penis. <laughs> Ew, so gross. Suiting your pits and peen. Peenies. All right. Oh, dear. All right. We'll see you guys on next week's episode. Thank you. Bye. Bye. <laughs>